All right, let's fire up backpack. And there we go. Hey there, hi there, it's Doug. This is the Slugs Doug podcast. I have not been around for, well, over a month. Um, the last time you heard me was the final day of the 12 podcasting days of Christmas. Nope, sorry. The 12 days of podcasting leading up to the 12 podcasting days of Christmas. And it is a new year. It is currently January 17, 2019. And um, I have been very silent for the last month for several reasons. As you probably know well, I have been trying to sell my house for the past uh, couple months. Uh, the last time, um, during the last seg section of podcasts that I had put out, there was a, a, a day there when uh, we thought that we had sold the house. And then for whatever reason, the buyers pulled out. They claimed uh, financial problems. Part of me does not believe that. I think they got cold feet and just decided not to drop off the, the, um, the deposit check and decided to uh, just not do it. But since then, we've had Christmas. Um, we've had many showings of the house. We've had several uh, open houses. We even had a showing of the house where two people, two groups of people, I guess, or two... There was two bookings, I guess, to uh, have the house shown on the 23rd day of December. So we had to, we had to leave for a couple hours, two days before Christmas, so that somebody could come and see the house and then decide that they didn't want to buy it. We even had somebody come uh, on the 28th of December uh, while I was uh, scheduled to have <laughs> lunch with my father and my mother who had come to our house. Um, my mother had been picked up by my father from the memory care unit in Hamilton. And they came out to, uh, came out to see us in Scarborough and have sort of one last, hopefully one last lunch in our house. Uh, it, it afforded a good opportunity for us. They ended up having to leave a little bit early because the people that wanted to see the place, um, couldn't make their four o'clock appointment or something like that and wanted to come at 2.30. So I said, fine. And my dad and my mom were fine with that. And so we took them down to the townhouse that uh, we bought. We showed them that. Um, we wandered around. It, was, it ended up being actually a, quite a nice day. And they enjoyed it. We didn't get to go inside. Um, it wasn't a day that we had scheduled that we could go in to visit it. But that was some time ago. And as I said, today is January 17th. And I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but today is the day that we actually take possession of that townhouse. So I wasn't sure if I was going to actually be able to even put out an episode this week during uh, all of this crazy stuff going on. And I wasn't even going to mention um, the whole idea of what is happening with various uh, amateur podcasters, Canadian and North American, maybe even world. Uh, 
I started, I, I suggested that we start a project called the Seed Project, where once a month or whatever, we haven't figured out what the timing is, but once in a while, um, a theme word, well, either a theme or a word or an idea is posed as a seed for a podcast episode. And I proposed this last month sometime in hopes that uh, something, you know, would catch on. And it seems to have. Uh, there's been several podcasters out there who have um, made episodes based on this month's theme or this uh, time. I'm going to call month. I'm hoping to do it monthly. I don't know. But this uh, go-rounds theme is the word integrity. And... Um, there's been several very good podcasts about it. I just finished listening in particular to Jason Reese's over at Up In This Brain, his episode. And <laughs> there's no way I'm going to come anywhere near that. But that's fine. That's totally fine. I'm good with that. I, I'm glad that some good things have come out of this. I find that the word integrity is a hard word for me. Um... I had when I kind of originally came up with this idea, I thought that maybe the seed word would, word would be something that I could I could uh, use to create something new and different from what I usually do. Perhaps even something funny. Perhaps even something um, creative to a different extent, as opposed to just sort of talking about the word. Um, but in that I am actually lacking integrity as far as this podcast goes, <laughs> I haven't spent much time thinking about it. Um, I knew that it was coming. It was it was looming in the background. This was a word that was uh, a theme that was posed by uh, none other none other than the Scarborough dude. Um, and while I think it's you know it's a great topic of discussion, I have no idea what to say about this. But We'll get to that in a moment. As I did say a few moments ago, today is the day we take possession of the new townhouse. And as I did, as I did say a few, few moments further back, we've been trying to sell the house. Well, once again, we've accepted an offer. It's all conditional on their financing and the inspection of the home, of our current home. And the first step, the first hurdle has happened. The deposit check has been dropped off to the, um, our real estate agent. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Last time we failed before that hurdle. <sighs> Today is the day not only that we take possession of the townhouse, but it's also the day that the people who have made the offer to buy our house are inspecting our home. And hopefully... I'm pretty sure it will. Hopefully, the inspection goes well, and they decide that whatever minor flaws there are in our house um, are not anything major enough to say, screw it, we're backing out of this deal. They already know that the furnace is sort of near end of life. They already know the deck is basically at end of life, needs to be replaced. They already know that some of the fences need to be replaced. That's about it, really, that needs to be done in the house. There's probably a few 
minor electrical things that could be done, like adding a GFI near the sink. I think there's one, if I look at it, there's one outlet that looks a little bit too close to the sink. It probably requires a GFI. I probably could have done it myself. I just sort of noticed it today. There's a bit of weird electrical going on underneath the kitchen cabinets from our, uh, the previous owners. I just didn't want to go in and start pulling out wires. Um, other than that, that's really it. I mean, there's, you know, minor wear and tear in the house as it is, but it's got a new roof. The pool was sandblasted and painted. We've got a new pump on the pool. We'll see how it works uh, in the springtime, whether or not I need to pay for any repairs to the filter and the, the pipes and stuff like that that are leading to it. Should be fine. I mean, it, you know, I didn't see anything happening at the end of uh, summer that uh, leads me to believe that uh, there will be any problems. And, you know, but there is always issues. <laughs> As we learned last winter, and last spring, there's always surprises when you open up a pool. <laughs> Sometimes it's a, in the form of a raccoon. But other than that, I really don't think there's anything with the, with the house that they could really say, this is a deal breaker. We replaced the roof. We replaced the shingles. The, the roof, the attic should be totally fine. Before we moved in, there was... Um, there was mold in the attic that the previous owners had to remediate. And then when we had the, uh, the inspection done, there was no mold there. And when we had the roof redone, we had more venting installed to ensure that that wouldn't happen again. So hopefully, I mean, I poked my head up there last month when we thought that this sale was going to be happening and I was expecting a inspection to happen. Uh, I poked my head up there and everything looked fine to me. So keep your fingers crossed, folks. Uh, we're one step closer to the end of this chapter of the life of Slug, who is Doug, and of my wife and my daughter. And we're ready to begin our new journey where we are a little bit more conscious of the money that we have, the money that we're spending. We're a little more conscious about trying to live within our means and trying to live responsibly. And I suppose maybe this gets us to the question of integrity. You know, it's not just about money, um, us moving out of this house, at least not for me. There's only three of us living in this massive house four-bedroom house with a full basement and, you know, three bathrooms. It's quite big. And it costs a lot of money to, to heat and, to, and to, to, to power. There's the pool in the backyard, which in the summer runs for 24 hours a day, more or less, uses chemicals, uses up water. So... Socially or environmentally, I would say, is a little bit irresponsible for three of us to live in such a big house and create such a large footprint. The amount of energy used over that square footage for per capita person seems 
large to me and, and irresponsible. I don't need to have these things. I don't need to have them all to myself. There's a pool at the townhouse that we all share. So we all sort of share in that footprint that that energy, that cost creates. And I think that's kind of important. You know, there's been all these studies about population density and, and, and how it's actually a little bit better for us to live in a sort of a little bit more denser, a little bit more popular, a little bit higher population density. Suburbs have been, you know, wonderful in terms of one can live in a green-filled space and we can enjoy the non-urban lifestyle. But that also comes at a price. We end up having to drive everywhere. We end up having to um, heat larger homes that we don't necessarily need. And more and more people, when they're building a suburban home, they are building to the lot size, which is more than we need. And there seems to be this cultural, societal urge, this push for us to always have more. To have the best, to be the best. And we need more stuff. Then we need bigger places. Then we get more stuff and fill that big place. Then we get a bigger place. And we fill that place. You know how it works. So in a way, trying to downsize our lives a little bit, although square footage wise, these townhouses are actually a little bit bigger than the current house I live in though it's spread out over four floors. So you don't really have sort of that much room um, for, for mu much, of the, much of the place, especially sort of on the main living floors, the kitchen and the dining room and the living room. They're very kind of tight all together. So maybe we, we will tend to not spread out as much. And, and this is where I guess I hope that my family has the integrity to to keep with the current situation that we're in of being mindful of our finances, being mindful of our possessions and being happy with them. <laughs> this is totally not where I wanted to go, but, you know, we watched um, that terrible Netflix series, uh, the Marie Kondo Netflix series about, I don't know, folding your clothes. And you know, really all you need to do is watch one episode of that and you've seen them all, I imagine. That's all I've done. I couldn't stand to watch any more. But it did, I mean, it did have some, it had some uh, very good ideas in it. The, the, the key being just being, being mindful of, of what we have and being thankful for what we have. As I've been saying over the last couple of weeks, I've been bemoaning the fact that for you know, starting today, I have two mortgages that I have to pay. And now, if this sale goes through, I'll have to pay it for just two months. But as early as last week, or as late as last week, I was worried that I may have to have two mortgages for upwards to six to eight to 12 months. Who knew? Who knows how long it would take? 
And I was bemoaning this, and I was, I was, I, I felt, oh, woe is me. And then I realized, you know, sure, it's a, it's a financial problem, but it, in terms of a life problem, there's people in this world that have a problem that they don't even have one house. They don't even have an apartment. They don't even have a cardboard box. And here I am bemoaning the fact that I have two homes that I could go and lay my head in. Check your privilege, dude. So, I suppose in that matter, and this is kind of, I guess, getting to this week's theme, the word integrity came up and the discussion about this started to happen in the background. And it started to happen in my head, the, the questions about it. Whether I knew what it was, I still don't really think I know. I like to think I'm smart, but... I'm not. I'm not super smart about certain things. My vocabulary is, I would say, limited. Um, sure, I know a lot of words, uh, but I don't actually know the meaning of many of them. <laughs> and I will constantly misuse words. And I will constantly just wonder what a word means and look it up and try to learn, you know, exactly what it means. I am curious in that way. But when I was thinking about this, I started to say, well, how can I even talk about integrity when I'm not even sure that I have it? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure, you know, like, I think I'm a nice guy. I'm pretty sure I'm a nice guy. I'm pretty darn sure of that. And I, I, I do things, I think... For the, for the most part, selflessly, I think. I mean, sure, there's things that I do that are selfish for my own good, for my own benefit. But there are a few things that I do where I try to be selfless and helpful. And before I sort of get into my original thought of where I was going to go in, I... Uh, there was another story I wanted to, I wanted to share um, that just came to mind, something that happened in the last week. As you may know, I've been taking piano lessons since uh, May of 2018. I think May, maybe June. And uh, I've been practicing, uh, perhaps not as much as I need to or have wanted to, but I've been getting better. And um, I, I'm kind of hard on myself. And my piano teacher a couple weeks ago noticed how nervous I get when I start playing a, a piece for her. And she said, you know, don't be nervous around me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here to help you learn. I'm not judging you. You know, you're doing, you're doing well for someone who's just started out and, and someone who's your age. And that helped to relax me some. And I think that I've become a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more easy on myself in terms of allowing myself to have difficulty in learning and remembering things. This is my big, one of my big worries is, is my brain as strong as it used to be? And is it deteriorating? With my mother's Alzheimer's, I've become 
acutely aware to minor memory lapses that I have or I, I, I think I have words that I seem to be forgetting, um, abilities that I seem to be lacking. Sometimes I think it is just over over focusing, paying too much attention to it, over sort of playing the the importance of me perhaps forgetting a word, me getting stuck. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, maybe it is a sign. Maybe it's just sort of a natural sign of aging. But I'm I'm of course slightly worried about it. But it's it's helped me, I think. Um, even just in learning piano to to start to exercise my brain some more, which is nice, and which is you know as we're all told, a good thing to do as you as you age. But uh, just last week, there was it was time for recital. It was the winter recital, when all the students in the studio gather with their families and whoever else to play a piece and we we all go up to the Scarborough Scarborough Bluffs United Church I believe that's what it is is it United I don't know it doesn't matter might be Presbyterian it doesn't matter um it's at the corner of Kingston Road in Scarborough Bluffs uh Scarborough Golf Club anyway um we go up there and we all play a song and it was my turn to do my very first recital <laughs> And for this particular recital, um, I did it as a duet, but not as a duet with my teacher, but as a duet with my, with my daughter. And it was a, it was a beautiful moment. We practiced hard. Um, she didn't always want to practice with me. She was, um, quite often frustrated with my mistakes, my errors, my difficulty in learning the song. There was a couple of particular phrases where, for some reason, when I was supposed to be using my ring finger, I would use my index finger. I just couldn't, I couldn't keep the pattern down. You know, using two hands at the same time to, to that are playing different things, it's, um, it's tough. It's it's very taxing on the on the brain and the concentration is definitely needed to be there. Anyone who is a piano player, I uh definitely um I I understand what it's like. <laughs> and I appreciate and I respect what it is that they can do. Even just playing the scales with two hands at the same time is very difficult for me. I'm yet to actually kind of perfect that. But I can I can do it. I can I can do two-handed playing. Anyway, I'll move on. We're already like 23 minutes into this and I haven't even really talked much about integrity. <sighs> anyway, we played a song called it was a lullaby, lullaby for a teddy bear. And if I have time, I'll try to edit the song in, but I doubt that I will. I just want to get this out and there's a lot to do today and tomorrow and I should have this out by tomorrow. Um, but we practiced, we practiced, and we practiced, and we practiced. We broke up practicing with 
copious amounts of Minecraft, which I will eventually talk about here soon on a new episode. I won't get into it now, but let's suffice to say I am addicted to Minecraft. Beyond playing with her, this is now my own, my own game addiction that I have. But uh, we practiced uh, for a long time, about a month, about a month and a half working on this song. And finally the day came last Saturday evening, about halfway through the recital. My teacher, Christina, called us up, the two of us. Uh, we received our applause as we are, you know, light applause of appreciation, welcoming, welcoming us to the stage. We turned and we bowed to everyone and we sat down at the, the bench and I said to Clara, okay, this is it. Are you ready? And I started counting us in. And I got to tell you, I was worried. I was nervous. I was worried that I was going to foul up something incredible. But I didn't. The two of us were focused. We were practiced. We played at a nice slow enough rate that we could stay aware of where we were and what we were supposed to be doing. And at about seven bars in, the tears started to well up. It's funny it's happening again, I'm sorry. But I realized at that moment as I was playing that this was something, something big. There was the relief, I think, of the here I am, I'm doing this, and it's happening. But there was also the realization that this was something that I was doing with my daughter, that I purposely decided to learn how to start playing piano, not only for myself to learn, because I have always wanted to, but to, to experience something with her to help her learn. So that when she's practicing and she needs help, perhaps then I can help her. So I got seven bars in and the, the tears started to well up and I was worried in the back of my head that, oh my goodness, how am I going to play the rest of this? I'm not going to be able to read the notes. I'm not going to be able to go through this. And it was all in sort of a split second in the back of my mind and I had to say, stay focused, stay focused, stay counting, stay focused. And luckily... I had memorized the music enough that I really did not need to see exactly where the notes fell on the page through the tears in my eyes. And we finished playing the tune and the applause happened and I kissed my daughter on the head. And we got up and we bowed to the audience and as I returned to my seat, I looked at my beautiful wife she was beaming with a smile and people in the audience said congratulations sounded great I don't know if that's an example of an integrity of someone working hard to do something to do something with others to create a special moment I didn't do it on purpose I didn't know that that was going to be a big moment. I didn't know that that was going to be something so special. 
In fact, I was very, very close to just not even going to the recital. But I had to show my daughter that, you know, even if it is difficult, even if we do mess up, we have to give it a try. We've worked hard. No one's going to judge us. So that happened. And as we're 28 minutes in, I guess I return to this question of, so, so what? Does that mean that I have integrity? Does that mean that I have any understanding of what the trait is, the, the, what the meaning of it is? And as my usual way, I turned to the internet and I said, how do I know if I have integrity? <laughs> and I did that, to be clear, I did that about 10 minutes before I turned this recorder on. And I came across a page that says, yourtango.com, 15 traits of people with true integrity. I have no idea if these people are the authority on integrity, but let's go through the list, all 15, and see if I have them. We'll try to make it short. We're already over half an hour into this thing, but hey, I've got nothing but time. This inspection of our house is supposed to go till four o'clock, so I have to stay out of the house. So I'm sitting here in the parking lot, as I probably have not mentioned. I'm sitting in the parking lot at the Guild Inn, at the Guild Park. Um... It's a snowy day. It's gray. I got a good view of Lake Ontario. So I'm comfortable. It's a little cool in here, but I'll be fine. And yeah, let's just move on. So there are apparently 15, 15, what is it? What, what is it says? 15 traits. Okay. 15 traits of people with true integrity. The question is, how many do you have? And I'll just read verbatim what this opening paragraph says. It says, trust and integrity are the foundations of a good relationship. Okay, so I think that this is maybe probably a relationship-based um, website, perhaps about dating. So perhaps, hmm, already I'm beginning to question whether or not these people are the authority on integrity. But let's go on. Let's move on. While anyone can say they are reliable in a job or an interview or on a first date, how do you know if, if they are, in fact, a person with genuine integrity? I mean, is that even really something that I'm looking for in someone? That's what I question, but maybe I am. When determining if the people in your life are truly trustworthy, hmm, here are 15 signs of people with integrity. So am I to believe that trustworthiness and integrity are synonymous and go hand in hand? I wonder. Because the, this is the odd thing, is that the very first trait is they're trustworthy. Well, you're already trying to determine if they truly are trustworthy. So I'm guessing that if you come across and decide that someone is trustworthy, then they must have integrity. So this, why go through the other 14? Hmm. We'll move on. We'll perhaps write these people a letter or search for maybe a better list of traits and ways to decide whether or not you're trustworthy. But hey, let's on. Look, we chose this path. We're going to go along it. Come with me, please. So they're trustworthy. Trust goes beyond just agreeing to keep a secret or watch your cat for the weekend. Being trustworthy means they can be counted on no matter what. Okay. Am I trustworthy? I think so. 
I don't think I'm 100% trustworthy. I don't think that you can always trust me to do something. I am human, after all. I falter. I... I do lie from time to time. I think most of us do. I hope. I hope we all do. I can't think that we're all honest all the time. But am I trustworthy? If, 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 hmm. Can I be counted on no matter what? I think I can. Like, I think that if I say to my buddy that I'll be there to help him on a certain day, on a, at a certain time, I will do my best to be there for that. I think that my wife can trust that I will be faithful, that I will be home for dinner, that I will provide for us as much as I can, as good as I can, as well as I can, whatever the appropriate uh, adjective is there. Is that an adverb? Oh, jeez. See, told you. Don't know English. English. I don't know English very well. I don't know grammar. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm, I, I'd say I'm pretty trustworthy. They're accountable. We all make mistakes, but a person with genuine integrity knows when to take the blame. If a mistake was made, then they will be the first to admit that, uh, that they had a hand in it. Yes. I think that that's true. I am accountable. I will, I will, hmm. I will admit when I've made a mistake. Maybe not immediately for certain things. Maybe sometimes it will take me a little time to kind of accept it, to try not to deny it. There is that sort of innate thing, I think, in all of us where we tend to not want to be uh, culpable or known for our mistakes. We want to sort of get away with things. I think it's kind of a, something we kind of learn as a child or something like that. And it's it's kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to try to get away with something and not have to admit it. Perhaps for fear of what the punishment may be or the consequences may be. But I think in general, I'm going to say 99% of the time, yeah, I'm accountable. I would say so. 99.5. <laughs> Boy, these are tough questions. Okay, they're reliable. Along with accountability, reliability is another big clue to someone's integrity. No one likes someone who promises big but doesn't deliver. Integrity means following through and being reliable. Hmm. I guess that's kind of the same as some of the ones before. I mean, these all seem to sound very much the same, and I would say that I am fairly reliable. I am lazy. And I will say that I'm doing going uh, that I will do something. I just might not do it right away. Might not do it on time. <laughs> well, I suppose yes, I am fairly reliable. I Hmm. I do, tr I do not try, or I try not to, I guess those are mutually exclusive. I try not to overpromise. I try to be realistic in terms of what my promises are, in what I can do, and what I can deliver. Um, 
I, that is a problem at work. I can sometimes overpromise at work or say that something will be done sooner than it isn't. I don't do it out of malice. It's perhaps more out of ignorance as to how long something takes. So maybe that is something I need to work on. Number four, they don't mind sharing the spotlight. Well, I think that uh, we all know what that means. I don't need to go into their little their little blurb about that. But I would say yes, I really definitely do not mind sharing the spotlight. Um, for instance, performing with Clara the other night, I would rather her receive all the attention. Um, when I was in a band for all of six months, in university, I definitely liked to share the spotlight. It was nice having the spotlight, being the lead singer or screamer. Um, that's shouting and screaming at the same time. Um, but I don't mind. I do not need to be the center of attention, though I do talk a lot. And I do tend to dominate conversations from time to time. But I'm fine with sharing the spotlight. I'm fine with that. They're humble. Mm. A little humility. See, this is another word that I'd really, you know, I have used it. I have heard it. I kind of understand what it means, but I'm not so sure that I really know what the word humble means. Their little blurb here says, a little humility goes a long way, but if you have someone in your life who is constantly avoiding praise or compliments, remind them of how important and valuable they are and that it's okay to accept the praise. You can judge someone's integrity based on how they handle compliments. On the other hand, someone without a lot of humility might not be able to keep their ego in check. Hmm. Yes, that, that is definitely something that I, uh, I have been working on is accepting compliments um, and just saying thank you. Um, trying not to... Um, Not trying not to just sort of deny somebody who says, you know, oh, that, that you, you know, that's you did a good job there. You know, instead of saying, oh, it was nothing, or you know, really, I, it's, it's the least I could do, or whatever. Just saying thank you is probably the best way to do it, and I've been practicing that as much as I can. It's hard to accept praise. Uh, I love it. I love. <laughs> I love get, receiving praise. It's just how does one react to it? I suppose is the is the hard part and perhaps something that I was never taught or something that I never learned. Just going to flip back here and make sure that we're still recording. It looks like we are, and we're 38 minutes in here. It's not going to be much longer, folks, I promise. I promise. So that's the they're humble. Let's go to number six here. We've got uh, nine more to do then, I guess. They work to find a solution. Yes, of course. Even people with the best moral, even people with the best moral compass and a straight code of ethics will find themselves in an argument or disagreement at one point or another. It's human nature. However, people with integrity don't spend their time arguing their side. Instead, they will work to find a solution and compromise. Hmm. Yeah, I like to find a solution. I like to work together with others to kind of come to a solution to a mutually acceptable solution. But, and this makes me realize something. I do tend to argue my point with a particular person in my life perhaps longer than I need to. 
and that, of course, would be my wife. For some reason, I tend to try to prove my point or argue my point longer with her. Like I need to be more right with her more often. I don't know if this is a common thing. Perhaps it is. But I wouldn't do that with with another person. For some reason, I, I, I will do it with her. And I will not jump to support her quick enough. And I will question her. And I will try to argue that. I'll argue things with her. Almost for the sake of arguing or just to, to prove my point or to... It's almost like a saving face thing where I cannot be... I don't want to be seen as being wrong in her eyes, even if it is that she's right. And it doesn't really make a difference if I'm wrong. Hmm. Hmm. Well, this is good exercise. Perhaps something else I need to work on. But I think for the most part, as I, as I think we're going to see, I'm seeing a pattern here, for the most part, I will work to find a solution. So I think I have, I'm mostly, I'm, I mostly have integrity. <laughs> Number seven, they're genuine. Finding a genuine person might be a little like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Being genuine means being sincere in everything you do. When a person of integrity gives you a compliment, you know they generally mean it, genuinely mean it. Or if they ask how you are, you know they genuinely care. Genuine people are also direct. Calling it like it is, not maliciously, but simply being frank, is a good measurement of someone's character. Yes, I think that I am genuine. I try not to be someone that I'm not. I try to represent myself as who I am, and I try to interact and be direct with people and try not to beat around the bush, really. So yes, I am going to say that I am genuine. I am the real thing. What you see is what you get. So there you go. They're generous. You can tell a lot about a person based on how they talk to the server at a restaurant. Genuine people don't treat the waitstaff wait as second-class citizens, of course. Um, but you can also tell a lot about someone based on how they tip, donate to a cause in need, or discuss money among friends and family. Generosity and genuineness tend to go hand in hand. Yeah, I think I'm generous. I, I, I would say I'm generous. Um, check. Number nine, they always lend a helping hand. Hmm. Beyond donating to the local food pantry or the Red Cross, genuine integrity means naturally lending a helping hand if it's needed. Someone who doesn't mind giving their time, perhaps even more than their money, obviously cares deeply for other people and is one of the signs of people with integrity. Well, hmm. I don't know that I've ever actually, well, no, I can say I've never actually gone and done a helping hand volunteer work anywhere. I think that mainly what it is is that I am afraid, I am shy, um, and perhaps a little bit selfish about my time, I suppose. Something that needs to be worked on. 
But I will lend a helping hand at work. Um, when I'm at somebody's house and they need some help or whatever. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, if this was a, a a grade, grade letter, A being the best and let's say D, no, F being a failure, C being sort of middle of the road. I'm kind of like a C minus, I'm going to say on that. I really don't think I'd lend, I don't lend enough of a helping hand. They're kind. People with integrity, this is number 10, people with integrity know that being kind to others is priority number one. If they see someone is having a rough day, they will go out of their way to make them feel better. People with integrity are always ready with a kind word or smile. Well, I don't know that you necessarily have to go over to try to make someone feel better. Sometimes that, as I have found in the past, is not exactly what that person needs. Sometimes people just need to feel like shit for a while. But, yes, I agree. A, an are you all right, can I help? A, an attempt to make someone uh, feel better is always welcome. Um, and I, yes, I believe that I am kind. I don't think that there is a lot of malice in me. I, you know, I, I, I cry at uh, simple commercials with babies in them. I, uh, I talk, I try to treat people with kindness, even the people who might piss me off, especially while driving. But yes, I think I'm kind. I am kind. I, I know that I am. They raise others up. This is number 11. Sometimes you come across people who love to tear others down. Everyone needs someone who supports them, but those with integrity go the extra mile. Genuine individuals want you to succeed, so they will hold you to your goals and help you achieve them. Yes. I would, I like to raise others up. There's a, many people that I work with, especially at work, that I like to help uh, help them advance because I can see the talent in them and I can see what they can do. And um, I think that often I see people who maybe are in the position that I was some time ago and all I needed at that point was a little help. And I have received it and I did receive it and I could have used more probably to help me further myself. And so I know I definitely do that in work. I do that. Do I do that in real life? Do I do that with others? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Especially with my daughter. I, I try to. I do it enough with my wife. I try. I try. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number 12. We're almost at the end here, folks. They value the time of others. The last thing you need is someone who doesn't value your time. People with integrity will always have time for you or will fit you in their schedule when they can. It's more than just being reliable. Genuine integrity means respecting people's time and showing up to appointments and dates promptly. Yee. Well, I I used to pride myself on being early and on time. Um, but lately, especially after having a child, my promptness has definitely gone down. Uh, that has been declined. I do feel bad when I am late. So it's not that I do it uh, pr purposely, purposefully, purposely. Purpose fully. I don't know. I don't do it with purpose. I don't do it on purpose. Um, but um, they 
value the time of others. Yeah, of course. You know, I appreciate when someone sets their, you know, sets uh, their time aside for me and I, I have promised to meet them. I will meet them. I will call them if I'm not going to make it. I feel the pressure of needing to be there on time, whether or not I get there or not. Um, hmm. Yeah, perhaps something to work on, to, to, be, to get better. They're intuitive. I think this is number 13, yes. They're intuitive. Do you have a friend who seems to be able to read your feelings no matter how well you try and cover them up? It's because they're intuitive and it's a valuable trait to have. Intuitive people don't just know how you're feeling. They can sense when something's up or when you're upset, and most importantly, will do whatever they can to make you feel better. People with integrity use their intuition wisely, strengthening relationships relationships, and helping to mediate uncomfortable situations. Yeah, I suppose I have a bit of intuition. I do intuit when there is uh, tension in a room. Uh, I do foresee issues that may be coming but I'm not always totally aware of a situation, I suppose, especially when it comes to relationships. But really, does does it have that much to do? I mean, I guess the the it's it, it will aid one in being better at being friendlier and kinder. I suppose that the in, intuition would help. I would I would argue that it's not really a you know. If you're missing into intuition in in your traits, then you're not. You know, I, I would argue then then you're you know you're, you could still have integrity. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm slightly intuitive, more or less. As again, I would say probably a C on that, maybe a C plus. They believe in people. Yes, I believe in people. Not only can genuine and reliable people be trusted, but they can also trust and rely on other people. Yes, I also do that. Uh, for people with integrity, you are in their good graces unless you give them a good reason to not be. Uh, they will take someone at their word and leave it at that. If you owe them money, they won't hammer you. If you tell them something, they will take you at your word. Yes, that's true. Um, I do believe in people. I do believe in the inert, the innate, not inert. <laughs> Inert would mean it doesn't happen. I believe in the kindness that people have. I believe in their... I believe in people. I believe... And maybe to a certain extent, that is what others would say is... Um, naive. Naivete to... It would be naive. Um, it would be naive to sort of take people at the word all the time, to trust others. But I have I have belief in the human race that people are at the base good. Sure, we have bad apples. We we have bad people. But I have trouble treating everyone with painting everyone with that brush. I'd rather paint them with the positive brush. I'd rather I'd rather approach a person from the standpoint, the default standpoint, that they are a good person as opposed to approaching them from the default stand, standpoint that they are a bad person. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And lastly, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, they see the best in others. 
And I'll just read the blurb on this one. Along with taking people at their word, there is something to be said for the way people with integrity view others. You might know one or two people who can see the best in people rather than the worst, sometimes even to a fault. This is a trait that not many have, but those who do are well worth keeping in your life because they can often offer a different, if sometimes challenging, perspective. If you're trying to determine if someone has real integrity, if they can be relied on, and if they are kind, are kind of, are, so, sorry, the, this is improperly typed here. Um, if you are trying to determine if someone has real integrity, if they can be re- relied on, and if they are the kind of person worth having in your life, look for these 15 traits. These habits come second nature to genuine and trustworthy peeper, people, not peeper. And if you have someone in your life who has integrity, count yourself lucky. Well, well, thank you very much, yourtango.com. And as to that last bit, that last trait, what was it again? It was, they see the best in others. I try to. I think I do. More or less. Yeah. I think that goes to the, the previous point, the believing in people. I believe in people. I believe in the good in people. And and I will give people the benefit of the doubt, I think is more what, what, what I would say. I give people the benefit of the doubt that they will do the right thing and that they are good people and that they can do. They can do good things. So, like I said, I don't know that this is the uh, definitive way of deciding whether someone has true integrity. But according to this, it sounds like I do. So, thank goodness for that. Um, But I think if anything, you know, I'm not so concerned as to sort of... Whoa! Good. I'm not so concerned as to whether I do indeed have actual integrity. Um, I think that this was a, a good exercise for me to sit and take an hour or a half an hour or so and think about myself and think about what, um, what kind of a person I am and where I can improve myself. And I think that, uh, as you may have heard on a couple of situations in there, I surprised myself and I never even thought that this is where it was going. I've surprised myself in a few moments where I realized that there are things that I need to improve upon, which is perhaps a good spot to end here. We're just about an hour, um, an hour in, we've got about six minutes to go. But I think we all have that. We all have, you know, nobody, nobody's perfect, as they say. And um, I think I'll just finish it there. Uh, I just would like to say once again, thank you to everyone who has joined in on uh, this little experiment that I have uh, proposed. And uh, I'm glad that it has um, perhaps taken a light and um, maybe has uh, caught fire. And hopefully it is something that we continue in the future. And speaking of the future, I will be back probably eh, probably next week sometime to let you know how things have, have, have gone with the sale of the house in terms of the firming up of the deal. Hopefully all goes well in the next 
two hours now with the home inspection. And uh, by Monday, their financing is all in order and we're set. I can start moving into the townhouse for sure. As I said, in the future, I will talk to you soon. And I hope that you are well. Once again, thank you everyone for taking part in the Podcast Seed Project. Until next time, take care.